Welcome to the Boom Clap Podcast. Today we are talking about fact checkers. Uh, I don't know if anyone really noticed fact checkers too much until 2020, but they came out in mass as all the coronavirus information rolled out. Uh, they were there to debunk everything that was, you know, I don't know, controversial or um, maybe opinions even. Like it wasn't necessarily that they were always fact-checking facts. They were looking for opinions and they didn't want anything up that the CDC or FDA hadn't said themselves. So just pretty interesting to watch that roll out throughout the year and how people like clung to fact-checkers and needed everything fact-checked or other people like totally disregarded anything a fact-checker was doing. And as I prepared for this episode, I don't know how you feel, Cecily, but as I prepared for this episode, I was like, I don't even know how this is going to roll out in podcast form. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> I sort of feel like I need like a map diagram or something like with mm. arrows pointing all over the place for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Like I was thinking, I don't know. Have you seen the movie Horrible Bosses, Cecily? Um, yeah, it's got Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. does it? Yeah. I was- it's been a couple <laughs> of years, but I've seen it. Yeah. But I was thinking the guy – and there's a gif. So even if you haven't seen the movie, I know you guys listening have seen the gif, but like the guy that's like standing there like freaking out and he's like drawing this diagram on the whiteboard. <laughs> like <laughs> his eyes are all wild and his hair's crazy. Like that's how I felt as I was writing notes for this podcast episode. Oh my <laughs> like, goodness. This is how I feel. Because when you like boil down like how these fact checkers work and where they get their funding and who they're connected to, it's basically like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a really funny image. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I got tears coming out of my eyes. That was I didn't think it was going to be that funny. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night, but I found that hilarious. (laughs) I'll tell you what, that movie makes me like roll. I know it's highly inappropriate in a lot of ways, but it's really funny. There's so many movies like that. so, So fact checkers, like I just, when, like I don't, feel the necessity to use a fact checker for anything. I like check my own right. facts. So I just find mm-hmm. this a very interesting topic, um, I guess, to look at how they work, mm-hmm. uh, that they do have an agenda, those kind of things. So, Yeah. Like earlier you had said um, that people were really clinging to these fact checkers at the beginning and honestly, not even just at the beginning, all throughout this coronavirus debacle. <laughs> And I think it's like people really just like to be clearly told what is right and wrong or what is true and false, but that's not really the way it should be, right? We should be able to kind of think through these things on our own. Not that we can't ever take advice from someone or hear why they think something is right or wrong or true or false, but that's just not reality that we can always expect it to be handed to us on a silver platter, right? And you also said sometimes it's just opinions that they're fact-checking and The question Mm -hmm. is, can you really apply true or false to opinions or debatable claims? And I think that's where these fact checker things really, really fall off the rails. So I think it was a few months back, you had posted on Instagram this post and it was like a graphic and you called it anatomy of a fact. And that's what we're going to call this episode as well. But you had written on there, who's behind deciding what is fact and fiction? The same people behind everything else. And this is a problem. So then you listed out four steps. So first thing, a simple search can reveal who is behind it all. Two, the fact checkers aren't actually independent. Three, there's always an agenda. And four, it always sounds good on the surface. And isn't that true about everything? (laughs) Everything Mm -hmm. always sounds good on the surface, right? Until you actually dig into it. So I, I loved that post. And, you know, I had, like you said, never really paid attention to fact checkers before, but then they became more and more prevalent year after year. And then obviously in the last couple of years, it's become huge. So I went and looked up some information and from January, 2010. So this is going way back January, 2010 to January, 2011 PolitiFact rated 98 claims false. Okay. So this is not recent. This is going back, but it just shows you that it didn't take long for these fact checking organizations to become really partisan. So in that year, PolitiFact rated 98 claims false. Of those claims, of those 98 false claims, 74 of them were made by Republicans. So the ratio there of like basically three to one is really, really suspicious. 
And that, I think, comes back to what you said, that often they're fact-checking opinions, which is very subjective. And if their opinion doesn't line up with the person making the claim, then they rate it false. And that's where you get these really skewed ratios that you see, I think, across all fact-checking platforms. Yeah. And I think that there, for me, there's, well, there's a lot of things that make this episode very important and the topic very important to dive into. But I think three of the main things that make this so important to me is the truth has no agenda. That saying that people say, it's true. The truth has no agenda, but the people behind the fact-checking institutions Mm -hmm. we have do have an agenda. And so Mm -hmm. you can't have both. You can't have the truth and have an agenda. And then- Facts versus opinion, like you said, Cecily. Um, I just feel like often, you know, you're checking an opinion, and that's that's impossible. You cannot assign, you cannot assign a fact or fact or false, you know, mm-hmm. title to something that is opinion because it's opinion. And mm-hmm. then the fact, the other, the third thing that I think is um, a little more, I guess. It's not concrete, but I think we have a morality problem in the world right now. And a yeah. fact checked <laughs> is only as good as the moral compass of the person or entity mm. checking it, right? And Absolutely. so we have a lot of people in the world and uh, people and institutions that feel that, you know, it's okay not to tell people the exact truth if it protects them in some way or if it, mm. you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like when yeah. Fauci. Uh, said, well, people weren't ready for the truth about masks because I, I, I had to hide that from them because, you know, when he said masks oh, don't work, yeah. he said mm-hmm. they don't work or he claimed later he said they don't work because um, we had a mask shortage and he didn't want people going out and getting the masks. And then he hmm. claimed with the vaccines and herd immunity that we only needed like 70% vaccinated. Well, mm-hmm. then he kept upping it and then he admitted that he lied about that because um, – people weren't ready to hear the truth yet and people wouldn't go and get vaccinated if they knew it was going to be 90%. You know, so we have these people in positions Mm -hmm. where they should be very morally sound Mm -hmm. and they're making, um, making statements that are false, you know, but saying it was for good reason and saying that's okay. And so I think the same goes for these fact checking institutions. They think that sometimes putting out information that's not completely accurate is somehow helping people because in their mind, they see things a certain way. And so Mm -hmm. they don't think we need the truth. They think we need to hear what they want us to hear in order to protect us or whatever their rationale is. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I like those three points that you said, like this episode is important because of these three reasons. Truth has no agenda, facts versus opinion, and the morality problem that we have. And I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, um, our friend Shanda had posted on Instagram this really great quote, and she wrote, the only two responses to truth are acceptance or rejection. Truth only offends when you want to believe the lie. And I feel like that is so true and actually applies to like those three categories of importance of this episode. Because no matter what the fact (laughs) fact checkers say, it's still up to us as individuals to decide how we're going to respond both to false information and true information. And remember that truth has no agenda, but false information often does, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And with the opinion portion that you had said earlier, you know, some of these fact checks throughout the virus scenario, they can't be checked because it's just discussion. You know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. discussion of, you know, what could be or what could work or what might work or what, you know, and that's not factual that the facts haven't even been presented yet. Like it's just Mm -hmm. discussion. And so these fact checking sites are greatly limiting innovation and discussion, right? Oh, 100%. Facebook and Instagram, these social media sites, Facebook in particular, that's really like leading this fact check mm-hmm. um, scenario we have going on, they they aren't fact institutions. Nobody goes on Facebook to find out their facts, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Facebook yeah. is a discussion and life site. Like it's share yeah, it's your life. It's not an encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, share discussion. And so mm-hmm. it's really interesting how it just limits discussion. 
Yeah, um, that actually brings up something that I had found yesterday when I was looking information up. So in 2021, it doesn't say when in 2021, but Facebook reversed its ban on posts speculating that COVID originated from Chinese labs. That fact was previously marked as false and misleading information right near the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And people who um, thought that there was merit to that case were labeled crazy, right? And now me, they're... Yeah, (laughs) me too. And now they're being proven not crazy because the truth always finds a way out. And I can guarantee you Facebook didn't want to reverse its ban on that. They didn't want to have to eat their hat. But the evidence became so overwhelming that they had no choice. So it just shows you that these fact checking organizations, they don't necessarily have the details. They pick what they think Mm -hmm. is best for whatever the cause is they're trying to move forward. Yeah, like the facts haven't been presented yet. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. They make their call before it's before it's ready to be made. Yeah, exactly. And also, there's a lot of people that will still believe the previous information that was fact checked as, you know, false or whatever. They'll believe that it was false because this is used all the time in politics and media. Mm -hmm. Like, put this out there put this out there. And Mm -hmm. even if it comes up later that that's not true, we've got this message out so hardcore that people Mm -hmm. will still buy into the previous message even when it's proven wrong, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then also they do the same thing with um, like something may be true, like the statement is true, but there's a little bit of gray area Mm -hmm. in the opinion Mm -hmm. portion of it. And so (laughs) they mark – something false or partially false, even when the meat of the statement is true. And just that flag on Mm -hmm. the statement changes the way somebody perceives it. Yeah. Like they might not even, people don't have a good attention span either. And so they might not even like read why it was marked false. They just see, oh, it was marked false. And they don't realize it's this little nitpicky thing. Yeah. And so it changes their opinion. Totally. And people's attention spans, we've talked about this before, they're getting worse and worse, the more we're Mm -hmm. exposed to constant media, right? Like, it's just a fact. But a lot of these fact checking sites, like, I don't know which one's which, but one of them rates what's true and false based on, you know, one to four Pinocchios, Pinocchios being... Yeah, I think that's political. Right. And then another one rates it on, I don't know what the truthful end is, but the lying end is pants on fire. You know, so these are scales. So that's really, again, a totally subjective thing, right? So people are going to look up a fact on these fact checking sites, and they're going to see their answer on a scale. And if it's somewhere past the 50% mark towards the true or false region, they're going to take that Mm -hmm. as true or false, not actually reading the information to discover that, you know, 95% of the fact check is based on opinion. Yeah. And so right now we're covering why it's important. This is yeah. he, this is this is why this episode is important. But I do want to get into some of the funding and mm-hmm. just how these sites work. Also, I don't know if you have anything else on why it's important, but the sites and how they work, I think, is something I want to get into, Cecily. Yeah, I do have some more on why it's important and why it matters, but I'm going to save that for the end, I think, because that's going to kind of be like from a biblical perspective. So we maybe save that for the end. So let's get into some of the other stuff. Okay. You guys are going to have to bear with me a bit or Cecily, you're going to have to edit this a little because, (gasps) oh crud, because I'm like dealing with, uh, like I said, I'm like the guy on horrible bosses right now. (laughs) I have, you should see my computer, you guys. Oh my gosh. Like I have so many things open right now. I can't even find what I'm looking for. Okay. So two of the bigger um, fact-checking sites would be, well, once I looked into, so science feedback is one of them I looked into to do that anatomy of a fact post. And we can talk about that one um, eventually, but factcheck.org was one of the main early fact-checking sites that got started. And then PolitiFact is the one that's kind of primarily taken over as like a main fact-checking site. So I think we should get into maybe factcheck.org first and talk about that. Um, okay. Yeah. So factcheck.org, let's just talk about their funding a little bit. 
So factcheck.org, prior to fiscal year 2010, we were supported entirely by three sources. They received an endowment created in 1993 by the Annenberg Foundation at the direction of late Walter Annenberg. And then they started in 2010, started accepting donations from individual members, and they pride themselves, they praise themselves in this uh, write-up about their funding, about how transparent they are about their, uh, about disclosing their financials. So let's go into 2021, they were uh, funded, the largest amount of their funding came again from the Annenberg Foundation. Mm -hmm. And remember, the Annenberg Foundation founded this site. So factcheck.org started by way of Annenberg Foundation funding them. But in fiscal year 2021, they received $406,000 and just in some odd money from uh, the Annenberg Foundation. Facebook was their second largest donor. Facebook third-party fact-checking program donated just under $400,000, $389,000. Individual donors, $208,000. Their fourth largest donor at just under $100,000 by a few dollars was Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And then Facebook donated from a separate like portion of Facebook donated 30,000, Google donated 4,000. So those are their largest donors. They have others, but those are their largest donors. So Annenberg Foundation is just like we talked about a couple episodes ago. There's just this big foundation that it's a billionaire family that has their pet projects basically that they, their philanthropies, their projects that they want to work on. And it's all very uh, social justice, human rights-ish on their website. You can go look. We're going to link these. So I would just suggest you guys to go um, look at the links in the show notes and just do some research mm-hmm. in this because it's just like everything. It's all it's all just <laughs> like leads back to the same people mm-hmm. essentially. But I wanted to read – so I was looking up Walter Annenberg uh, on Wikipedia, just a little bit about him. Okay. In looking up Walter Annenberg, I just wanted – I found an interesting story that kind of related to this fact-checking uh, business. But Walter Annenberg owned like TV Guide, Seventeen Magazine. I think it was called like Triangle Publishing or something. I can't remember. Yeah, Triangle Publishing. But it was Philadelphia Inquirer, I think Seventeen Magazine, TV Guide, and maybe a couple other publications. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to read this story because I just find it very applicable to this scenario of fact-checking. So – After his father's death in 1942, Annenberg took over the family business, making successes out of some that had been failing. He bought additional print media as well as radio, television stations, resulting in great success. So he's owning media companies. One of his most prominent successes was the creation of TV Guide in 1952, which he started against the advice Mm -hmm. of financial advisors. He also created Seventeen Magazine during the 1970s. TV Guide was making $600,000 to a a million profit per week. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. Oh Um, man. While Annenberg ran his publishing empire as a business, he was not afraid to use it for his political purposes. One of his publications, the Philadelphia Inquirer, was influential in ridding Philadelphia of its largely corrupt city government in 1949. It campaigned for the Marshall Plan following World War II and attacked McCarthyism in the 1950s. In 1966, this is the interesting part, Annenberg used the Inquirer to cast doubt on the candidacy of Democrat Milton Schapp for governor of Pennsylvania. Schapp was highly critical of the proposed merger of the Pennsylvania Railroad with the New York Central Railroad and was pushing the U.S. Interstate Commerce Commission to prevent it from occurring. Annenberg, who was the biggest individual stockholder Mm -hmm. of the Pennsylvania Railroad, wanted to see the merger succeed, which it did. And he was frustrated with Schapp's position. During a press conference, an Inquirer reporter asked Schapp if he had ever been a patient in a mental hospital. Never having been one, Schapp simply said, no. Oh, my. <laughs> the next day, a five-column front-page Inquirer headline read, 
Shap denies mental institutions stay. Shap and others have attributed his loss of the election to Annenberg's newspaper. Oh, my goodness. So I know this individual is deceased, and he has nothing to do with the fact-checking now. But his Mm -hmm. family is the foundation that largely funds this huge fact-checking website. Mm -hmm. And you tend to raise your families with the morals you possess, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you can't change that trajectory, but I just feel like this is pretty interesting and a good illustration of likely what happens in a lot of these Mm fact-checking sites. People have – people who have this amount of money are heavily invested in – things going on in the world, put it that way, whether it's Mm -hmm. like the vaccine thing, whether it's, you know, energy, you know, Mm -hmm. they're heavily invested usually in commodities or something that is being used by the public, right? Mm -hmm. And so if they can sway public opinion one way or sway votes one way to get somebody in office that promotes policy, that promotes their business succeeding, they will do it. And this is just one example of that. And I feel like it's pretty applicable to way a fact check works. You know, they put something out and yeah, that was true. That guy totally denied mm-hmm. being in a mental institution yeah. because he was never in a <laughs> yeah. mental institution. Oh and now goodness. he used a headline to sway public opinion. And now public opinion is like, oh, he denied being in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. But denied implies that he was. And so it's yes. just... It's just, I thought that was such an interesting story. Yeah, it's just an example of how people can use the truth to spin a completely different story and why Mm -hmm. words are so important. Like, words are so important. Yes. Because, and and you can imagine his body language. Like, I'm imagining them in an interview together, and probably when he got asked that weird random question that had no application to his life at all, he was probably like, no, and, you know, like made a face, like, why are you even asking me this question? And then it's so interesting how they can just take that concrete truth from a question that had no application and then completely spin it and change the trajectory of, of life. So that's really, that's a really great example. And the same thing happens with our newspaper headlines nowadays. And absolutely we'd be, it it would, wouldn't it be nice if we could just put blind trust into the news media and into these fact checkers, but that's just, we can't, (laughs) no, we absolutely can't. And we shouldn't. And I'm really, really exhausted by the fact that I just keep running into people that saying we just have to trust. And I'm like, but, but why? Like we, there's no precedent for that because people continue to prove themselves not trustworthy. Well, so how do you find what's factual and not if you're Mm. not trusting the fact checkers? It's very simple. Yeah. I say, get it from the horse's mouth every time. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, it takes you just as long to look up what did, you know, what did Joe Biden say or what did Donald Trump say as it does to look up if the fact checker proved it right or not. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is go straight to the horse's mouth and just listen and discern, you know, Mm -hmm. that that's all. It's not that hard. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to another part of the Annenberg Foundation. So I just found the Annenberg Foundation itself. So why are we getting into this? Remember, um, factcheck.org is funded largely by the Annenberg Foundation. They are their biggest donor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the Annenberg Foundation has several, like I said, projects or uh, spinoff foundations. One of them is the Annenberg Center for Health Sciences. And we just read a little bit about the late Walter Annenberg who started the Annenberg Foundation, who is funding this and just how he used his influence to Uh, sway an election to help line his pockets, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Annenberg Center for Health Sciences at Eisenhower is one of the Annenberg Foundation's projects. So I'm just going to read to you a little bit. This is their health science project. This is their vision to serve as a distinguished forum for the examination of healthcare issues and advancement of science and medicine. Their mission, 
The Annenberg Center for Health Sciences at Eisenhower believes that clinicals and patients who are well-informed with the most up-to-date medical knowledge assure the best health outcomes for communities. Yet, because of the overwhelming pace of new medical advances, keeping current with that knowledge is challenging. The Annenberg Center provides innovative, meaningful learning experiences that keep physicians and other healthcare providers and trainees and patients a step ahead of changes in healthcare. Eisenhower Health Affiliation. The Annenberg Center for Health Sciences is affiliated with Eisenhower Health, a teaching accredited teaching hospital. So they're affiliated with a hospital, so they are invested in, you know, the medical system and how all of this works, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting. So if you look at this year with coronavirus and fact-checking, you have a foundation funding this fact-checking website who also is heavily invested in the healthcare world, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just find this all really interesting when you it, – it's, it's not transparent. I guess this is what I'm – saying when I say the truth has no agenda, but these Mm -hmm. people obviously do have an agenda. Yeah. And so you want to look at one of the other founders or Mm -hmm. not founders, funders Mm -hmm. of factcheck.org. I read off 100,000 this year was given by Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Do you Mm -hmm. know who Robert Wood, who the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation is? I do now. It's Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Johnson and Johnson, yes. They were established in 1972 with a generous bequest of uh, finances from Johnson and Johnson. So mm-hmm. the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, if you go to their website, they have an entire page on getting vaccinated and protecting your family from coronavirus, yada, yada. So mm-hmm. you got $100,000 coming so I think they were like the fifth largest donor. Mm-hmm. Is is that right? I think fifth it was or the sixth fourth. largest. I thought it was the fourth. Okay. But. Okay. Somewhere in the top like six donors yeah. of yeah. So fourth largest donor to the factcheck.org site is a vaccine manufacturer, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So this is just how muddled this gets, guys. Yeah. And again, it's nice to believe that, you know, it's all absolutely innocent, but how you, you can't know that for sure. And again, the history of these different organizations and companies kind of proves otherwise. All right. So moving on to PolitiFact, they're another one of the main fact checkers. They are associated and funded by the Pointer Institute. Okay, so this is how they got started, in their own words. We started fact-checking in partnership with Facebook a year ago today, and this was written on December 15, 2017. So if you live in America, you can remember uh, November, December 2016, which would be a year before they started, or when they started fact-checking, what happened? Trump won the election, and people just lost it. So... (laughs) They started fact-checking in November, December 2016. So a year ago today, PolitiFact joined a coalition of fact-checkers who agreed to work with Facebook to try to slow the spread of information, misinformation in people's news feed. The update is we're making progress, but at a rate that probably is not satisfying to anyone. To refresh your memory, our partnership with Facebook is part of a push by social media company to clean up its newsfeed and become a more trustworthy platform. Facebook introduced a new tool after the 2016 campaign that allows users to mark a post as a false news story. And if enough do, the post is sent to a fact checker like PolitiFact, Snopes, or Mm factcheck.org. So... I just find it interesting that in their own words, they started this immediately after (laughs) the election Mm -hmm. of 2016. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, everyone thought the election was going one way and it did not go the way they had anticipated. Mm -hmm. And so people freaked out and these fact-checking institutions went crazy. So that was kind of the start of that. But if we get into their funding, let's look at PolitiFact's funding a little bit. 
PolitiFact prides himself as a nonpartisan fact-checking website to sort out truth in American politics. PolitiFact was created by the Tampa Bay Times, a Florida newspaper, in 2007. In 2018, PolitiFact was acquired by the Pointer Institute, a nonprofit school for journalists. You can view the Pointer Institute's most recent public financial disclosure. So their two largest funders, it says organizations that contribute more than 5% total of PolitiFact's revenues in the previous calendar year will be listed here. And the only two listed are Facebook and TikTok. Hmm. And we know where TikTok is owned, correct? China. Hmm. So hmm. that's interesting. They they have – so the Pointer Institute is their main ownership or funder. But other than that, TikTok and – Facebook, which is interest, interesting. It says some of some of the information I got from Wikipedia too. I'm just grabbing from lots of resources to kind of pull this all together because this is also really you've got to just like click and click and click and dive down mm-hmm. to be able to figure this all out. But one thing I grabbed from Wikipedia and I think I circled this and sent it to you, Cecily, was mm-hmm. in March 2018, Google.org appointed Pointer Institute as the leader of their MediaWise program to equip middle and high school students to better differentiate online news and information. Google funded this with a $3 million grant. And so I just wow. think it's interesting. Pointer is getting funding from Google. Craig Newmark is a board member of the Pointer Foundation and donated a million to it in 2015. In 2017, the Pointer Institute received 1.3 million from the Omidare Network and Open Society Foundations. Open Society, if you don't know, is George Soros. Mm. In order to support new projects in three main areas, fact-checking technology, impact tracking, and financial awards through innovation grants and crowdfunding matches. So Open Society, George Soros, and the Omidare Network. Okay. And then if you go to that fact checker science feedback uh, post that I put together, you go down that rabbit hole. And we can just link this so I don't have to talk through it. And you guys can just look at that post. It's well laid out where you can just go through every step I went through. But when you get down to their funding, it's the same people. It's Soros. It's the Omidare Network. So these people are not nonpartisan either. No. So this PolitiFact is not a nonpartisan institution. There is an agenda behind this. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but just know there is an agenda. Additionally, uh, the Pointer Institute is – receiving funding from Facebook. They have had a grant from Facebook this year to fund a climate misinformation program. So Facebook says that the International Fact-Checking Network is the unbiased entity that ensures Facebook is nonpartisan in its fact-checking. So Facebook is claiming to be nonpartisan in their fact-checking because this International Fact-Checking Network Mm -hmm. checks them and makes sure that they are nonpartisan. The International Fact-Checking Network is the Pointer Institute. (laughs) The Pointer Institute funds PolitiFact. Yeah. Facebook funds Pointer. (laughs) This is just a big circle. Like there is no transparency here. This is all muddled. Mm -hmm. It is all muddled. And I just feel like nothing going on in this world. Of all the stuff we have talked about in the last – couple months. Nothing going on in this world is as it seems. Mm -hmm. Unless you believe everything seems like it's touched by corruption. You know, if you think everything seems like it's touched by corruption, you got it. But (laughs) if not, nothing is as it seems, right? We have to be looking deeper because there are agendas and corruption behind almost every institution we have. A hundred percent. And Again, like when I read that PolitiFact considers themselves nonpartisan, I don't think they even do consider themselves nonpartisan, but they wrote that they're nonpartisan. And it just brought to mind again, this is the importance of words. I say to my kids all the time when someone hurts their feelings, like if their sibling says something mean, I'll just say to them, like, just because someone says something doesn't make it true. And unfortunately, that applies to fact checking websites as well. Just because Mm -hmm. someone says they're nonpartisan, 
that doesn't make it true. And you've just proved that with that that circle <laughs> that you just described. Yeah. And I hope that – I know that was probably really boring for people to listen to, like all these like income – like <laughs> where's the funding come from, you know? Mm-hmm. But – Such an important It's question. important to understand. It's important to yeah. understand if you want to understand that these seemingly – you know, I don't think they seem even nonpartisan. Like, as you said, mm-hmm. I don't think they totally. see themselves that yeah. way. I don't think they seem that way. But for people who want to believe that they are, mm-hmm. you guys have to look at this and you have to help point this out to people because, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't need, I don't know how to describe why, but it's just so important. Yeah. It is so important because truth is important. And that's why, right? Like, it's simple. Yeah. It's because truth is important. And The word of the year in 2018 from dictionary.com was misinformation. And I think it's really interesting that that was the word of the year in 2018, because I'm pretty sure it's also the word of the year going to be in like 2021, right? We hear misinformation all the time. And so this is what I find interesting is that these fact-checking organizations, their goal is to clear up misinformation and disinformation but I think they're guilty of it as well. So let's misinformation means false info spread regardless of the intent to mislead. So that's like someone sharing something that they absolutely thought was true and they're just resharing it. Right. Then disinformation is when you're knowingly spreading inaccurate information, which can also be called reverse information or anti-information. Um, so like propaganda would be a good example of that, right? Because they're doing that on purpose. Disinformation is something that's deliberately weaponized misinformation. So it's like taking misinformation, that extra step and doing it purposefully. So when I look at PolitiFact and saying that they're nonpartisan to me, that discredits the whole institution because it's like immediately, well, you're supposed to be here to correct disinformation, but you've got disinformation right on your your page there. Good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it, this is what I mean. It's not hard to discredit these people when they're using words as if they don't matter. But if you're willing to do a little bit of the legwork to figure out if what they're saying is true, you just, dis- you discredit them immediately. And so the other word that we're hearing a lot lately is infodemic. So what that means is an excessive amount of information about a problem that is typically unreliable, spreads rapidly, and makes a solution more difficult to achieve. So here's the thing about an infodemic. We absolutely do have a lot of information in this world, but who's to say having a lot of information is a bad thing so long as you properly handle the information? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many people that are well-educated you know, be it doctors, politicians, whatever, they're basically like Fauci, for example, basically saying that the regular American or Canadian cannot handle information and it's their job to protect us from the information. Mm -hmm. But I reject that because Mm -hmm. I love information. Like I love, as much as I hate technology, I also love it because it opens up your world to information that you may not have known before. And I don't want someone telling me that I'm not able to handle that information because I am. And I believe that the majority of the population is able to handle it as well. So long as we're given that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's just like we talked about earlier and we talk about all the time, it limits discussion and it limits Mm -hmm. innovation and it limits finding solutions when you Mm -hmm. don't have that information because, you know, the saying two minds are better than one. Yeah. You know, well, we've been limited to one mind, one doctor, you know, this Mm -hmm. entire pandemic, you know, telling everybody what's best. And that's not best. Mm -hmm. It's not best to have one person trying to come up with everything, you know, We're better off when we have more information and we have these discussions. And that's one thing I actually miss about being at my job Mm -hmm. is being exposed to so many people who think differently than me Mm -hmm. um, because I enjoy that because it gives me perspective and it gives me time to think about, is this what I really believe or is this what I'm real, you know, and Mm -hmm. be able to better form and better – I don't know, my thoughts and my opinions. So totally. Yeah. And when you say infodemic, Mm -hmm. I think I thought of something else around that. 
mm-hmm. think there is an infodemic in the in I guess in the sense of when you look something up now it's like all coronavirus that's all you can find like if yeah. I'm looking up something about a medication or mm-hmm. anything health related but not mm-hmm. even related to coronavirus I cannot right. find the information yeah because yeah. it's all this coronavirus stuff and it's all totally. applied to coronavirus at the top. Yeah. And so I guess the information is – there's been so many people talking and writing about this one topic that it's really hard to find information on anything else now. That's totally off subject, but no, I don't no, know. I'm sure not. a lot of people are experiencing that. <laughs> yeah. Like last weekend, my husband and I, we went away for the weekend just to Vancouver. Like we didn't go far or anything, but like we don't have TV at home. We have Netflix. We have Amazon Prime. But we don't have TV with like news stations. Like I don't watch the news. I don't watch it ever. <laughs> and so, but we had TV in our hotel room and it seemed like there was news channels everywhere. And every time we flipped the channel, it was talking about COVID. Every single time we flipped the channel, it was talking about COVID. It was talking mm-hmm. about the danger that unvaccinated people are. It was on a loop it was absolutely on a loop. And we learned things that weekend that like, okay, so here's what happens. The media reports on something on a loop and it's not necessarily even something that's happened. It's something that they're speculating is about to happen. It will happen in that next week. And that was proven true for us this week. We heard some stuff reported and then it happened. And I'm like, wow, okay, so this is why people get taken in because they're exposed. You're right. This is the negative side of an infodemic when you're only exposed to one piece of information repeatedly and it starts to shape you and um, totally change your perspective and the way you think and the way you experience life. It was crazy to me because, because of the fact that we haven't had TV for years and to all of a sudden have all these news channels, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. It was it was a very enlightening experience for me. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. I know like it when I was at work, you know, people have the news on in the patient rooms or whatever, you know, mm. even if if somebody's intubated and sedated, a lot of times like the nurse if they're in there one to one, they'll turn mm-hmm. something on and a lot of times it's the news and I'm just like, "Oh my goodness." Like when I would go to work, I would be like, this is why people are crazy. Yes. Like, they're <laughs> watching this all day. And like, afraid. It's almost I don't blame them. fulfilling prophecies, you know? Yes. Well, that's just it. The same thing with, like, what I said. The news starts speculating on something that's going to happen, and then it happens. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because by reporting it on, on it in the news before it happens, it sways public opinion, which then makes it easier for the politicians to make the decision to move ahead with that. You know, mm-hmm. like, it yep. absolutely is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, man. All right. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover about the things that we've already been through? No. I hope I didn't derail you with that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It was super interesting. But- no, it was great. Okay. Okay. So at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about why this all matters um, as far as, like, getting the truth and all of that. But why does truth matter? Okay. And I can think of two reasons why truth matters. The one is really simple and that's because people matter. Like people are absolutely affected by, by truth. When, when people are living in truth, they flourish. And when people are living in falsehoods, they shrink. You know what I mean? But ultimately the reason that this matters and why shining a light on the corruption happening inside of these organizations that claim to give us truth, this matters because God cares about actual truth. So I just want to contrast what the Bible says about God versus Satan. So Psalm 51 verse 6 says that you delight in truth in the inward being. So that's God. God delights in truth in the inward being. And the Bible repeatedly says that, you know, Jesus is truth. He is the word. He is true, right? Whereas John 8 verse 44 tells us that Satan is the father of lies. So I just think that's such an important distinction. And it comes back to our episode that we did on live not by lies. Because when we live by lies, we're living according to the father of lies. But when we live in truth and actively seek out truth, then we're living according to God and according to his purposes. So as I said, Satan is the father of lies. And then because of that, 
we have men in Romans 1 verse 18, it says men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So that's the influence of the devil on humanity. Now, now humanity is suppressing truth, but God calls us to walk in truth. Psalm 86 verse 11 is a verse worth praying every single day because it says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. So unite my heart is kind of a funny three words, but it just means like with my whole heart, all of it, may I fear your name. Why? Because we want to walk in the Lord's truth. And then 1 Corinthians 13 verse 6 says, love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And I think of um, our friend Shanda's post that I had read earlier where it says the only two responses to truth are acceptance or rejection. By accepting truth, we're rejoicing in it. So Mm -hmm. then, then we can go to Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 18. And I know this is a lot of different scriptures, but God has a lot to say about truth. And the armor of God the very first thing that we're putting on is that belt of truth. Truth is important. God loves truth. God is truth. I've talked before about how truth is light and lies are darkness. God is light and the opposite of God is darkness. So this is why this matters. One, because people matter, but two, ultimately because God cares about truth. And As Christians, if you're listening and you're a Christian, we shouldn't be overlooking falsehoods and wrongdoing for the sake of appearances and making life easier. That would be much easier a lot of the time, especially in the current climate that we're living in. But what we really should be doing is addressing falsehoods and wrongdoing so that we will be in accord with the truth. And the truth is always from God. Yes, I love that you pulled that all in together because um, earlier this week I had posted in my stories, you know, with everything that's happened in my life in this last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, you know, mm-hmm. I that other night I was sitting out watching the sunset and I was reading my Bible and I had posted, you know, the unseen is eternal. I think it's Second Corinthians 4, I think it's 18. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong on the exact verse. I don't have my Bible in front of me, but um, – I was pondering that in relationship to the goings on in my life right now, mm-hmm. my personal life. But then I really struggle with some of the things, you know, like all the stuff we talk about is important to me. I enjoy, you know, this kind of conversation and this banter mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting to the root of things going on in the world. But I sometimes struggle because I realize it's not important really. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, it is important. And we talked yeah. about that in another podcast episode. And then I feel like you brought it in even more here in an even better way. But it's hard because the eternal is what is important. Yeah. But and we're not of – we shouldn't be um, – of the world or be, Mm -hmm. you know, immerse ourselves in the world so much that we love the world, but Mm -hmm. we are in the world and we are living in the world and we need Mm -hmm. to fight for truth here. And what we do here is important because our eternity hinges on what we do here. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys listening struggle with this at all, but I definitely do because it's a balance in – you know, hoping for eternity and living our life for eternity, mm-hmm. but at the same time balancing that with being present here and living well here mm-hmm. and for the right things. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Like God put us here for a reason. He didn't just put us here because mm-hmm. this is the green room for eternity. You know, like we're not just sitting yeah. there having a bottle of water and a bag of chips while we wait, right? Like He it's put a great us way here. of putting it. And he absolutely cares. He, If he didn't care, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. like what happens here on earth is of eternal importance. And because of that, we pursue truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And without agenda. It, that's, yeah. I think that that's the other struggle. Like as Christians, we should pursue truth as in, you know, Jesus Mm-hmm. But we should That's the also ultimate truth, yes, yes. But we should also pursue truth in the things happening here, 
And mm-hmm. we need to remember for ourselves too that there is an agenda is not an agenda behind it. And that mm-hmm. we just need to be honest people living in honest ways. Mm-hmm. And that just brings me so much peace, you know, when I think about, you know, I could engage in lies and attach myself to the father of lies, but that sounds awful. Whereas Mm -hmm. attaching myself to something that doesn't have an agenda besides just love, love and light, Mm -hmm. you know, that sounds so much more peaceful. And I know that it may create some temporary difficulties. Absolutely. We're seeing that right now, but that deep peace that lives inside you is so much better than, you know, this light momentary affliction. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So is there anything else you want to add for this episode? No, I think that wraps it up. I just hope that that portion where I'm getting into the financials, like it's not, I know it's like a little bit all over the place and I do need that diagram. (laughs) We all make one. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. No, I was super important. I don't think this matters unless people can see that, that portion of it. Right. So yeah. Anyway, I appreciated it. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, it's so fun for us to do this. If you're able to and haven't done so yet, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a review or a rating. The last review that we got in Canada was like, I don't agree with them. So I had to stop listening, but they're lovely ladies. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, She still gave us four stars. I mean, that's pretty nice. But anyway, so we would love to see some of you um, leave us reviews. We read every single one. They bring us a lot of joy, even the ones where they tell us they stop listening. That's, you know, still, it brought me a giggle for the day. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, we want truth, right? So that was truth. So share it with a friend if you think you have someone that might be interested. I have heard from so many people that are like, yeah, I heard about you from a friend. And that's just the best to me because... I don't know. I wouldn't recommend something to my friend that I didn't enjoy myself. So it feels like so nice when you guys do that. And if you want to find us outside the podcast, you can find me, Cecily, on Instagram at cecily.dickey or on my website, thegracetogrow.com. And you can find me, Rita, at ritarogersco.com or Rita Rogers Co. on Instagram. Thanks for listening.